0: hello there and welcome back to the ffs podcast i'm your host praddy once again and this is episode number three or four depending on what i've numbered it previously of the women's euro 2022 tournament edition uh we've covered the tournament in terms of doing a preview before the tournament began we did a group stage roundup we did a Quarterfinal roundup, and now we're here doing a semi final roundup. Yep, we're now down to just two teams battling it out for the most coveted okay, well, not the most coveted, but the but Europe's most coveted prize in women's football, okay, uh, or even in football in general because that that trophy does look much better than the men's uh trophy as well. So, yeah, I, I would say the most coveted prize in European. International football. Talking to me on this today are two crazy, crazy women football fans. Been on the podcast before. They've been here multiple times talking about the women's game in particular. And that is Uniti and Natalie. So women, welcome to the podcast. Ladies, welcome to the podcast once again. I'm glad we could have you on here and talking about this these two exciting games that happened over the week but before we get to that let's do short introductions first just for people who haven't heard the podcast before who are joining us here for the first time so Natalie welcome to the podcast once again how are you how uh, tell us a bit about yourself and then tell us a bit about how you're feeling as an England fan and seeing the team get to the finals
1: well, yeah, uh hi everyone, I'm Natalie. I'm a massive Man United fan. Um, founder of the Man United Women Supporters Club. Um seeing them get to the final, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Never thought I'd do that. Didn't think they were not didn't think they were good enough, but you know, I thought you know, maybe semi or quarters and I think when they played Spain I didn't you know, that was a great match. Didn't see them getting past it maybe and you know, Tooney popped up. Uh, came up clutch. Lassies come up clutch. Buzz in for those girls.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll obviously into the game in much detail a little while later. But before that, unity welcome to the podcast once again. Glad to have you on here. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
2: Um, thanks, Freddy. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Unathi, and I write. All about women's football. One of the biggest fans I could possibly be. Uh, and I write for Sporting Her, Her Football Hub and Weevil. And yeah, technically I was supposed to be in England. <laughs> but yeah, just reminding myself that. But uh, yeah, it's not too bad watching it from home. Uh, Funnily yeah. enough,
0: I was, I was in that particular moment debating whether to bring that up or not and I felt a little bit sorry because I brought it up during preview I brought it up during our group stage round and I was like oh let's not bring it up again
2: (laughs) I mean I I, I was supposed to be there so I feel bad about it but uh, I think uh, it's not been too bad watching it from home uh, because obviously you can hear the crowd just as much obviously experiencing it at the stadium would be very different uh, but it's not been too bad. I mean, not much of a choice really. But it's it's surprisingly been good because my dad's been accompanying me for all the matches most of the time.
0: Oh, that's quite nice. That's nice mm-hmm. to ha- nice to hear and nice to see. Nat, do you ha- Did you manage to scalp any? T- have any tickets for the final? As,
1: as um, final? I'm not going to this. Get it? I'm not going to the final. I've been to pretty much every game. Sit. Before that, though, um, I didn't do the semis, but I did all, well, I did three of the quarters. Um, but, yeah, I've just been watching on telly. It's it's sort of weird sometimes. It's sort of, obviously, like the atmosphere and stuff, but sometimes it's sort of a bit better <laughs> on telly because I think you can see it all and, you know, you can still feel it, you can still hear it, like you say. Um, so, yeah, I watched the semis. So, especially the Germany one that uh, on telly, that that was a good one, and you know I've seen them a couple of times live. seen French a couple of times live. Um, yeah, it's been good. I'm watching Sunday on the telly as well.
0: Okay, great. Um, all right, let's let's talk about this. The first semi-final. The it was it was a big one. England versus Sweden. I mean, the, we were talking about it in our quarterfinal review with Atanu and Yashodan. If for those of you caught that, or if you haven't caught that, go check that out. And obviously, we spoke about the route that England got, uh, or the route England had to the quarterfinals, and uh, no, to the, the semifinal. Sorry, and obviously had a decent uh, group stage i mean obviously norway was the one that we all thought would pose a problem they dispatched them with ease then came spain um and that was a tough one like nat mentioned especially being 1-0 down to then having to fight back and recover that was you know a huge show of resilience and here we are facing a sweden and here they were going to face a sweden that yes they've had their issues with you know the The pandemic, the COVID, uh, you know, some cases, a few injuries, and but still, this is a well-coached side, a side that we kind of touted to be to make it to the final of the tournament, and funnily enough, play England and all of that, and we also predicted them to win it. So, talking about all of that, going into the game, how confident were you, Natalie? Like a team, uh, playing a team like Sweden, someone. Who we probably see the you know a better test of where England lie, so going into the game, how confident were you about England's chances of making it to the final
1: um, I don't know fifty fifty because I think Sweden in their um final, even though it was uh you know it took them longer than probably what they thought versus Belgium and you know, it nearly went into extra time. I think I watched them versus... I watched them versus Holland, I don't think they were that good, but then I watched them sort of grow into it, and I think by the time they played Portugal, who I think were one of the surprise, surprises in that group, they sort of dispatched with them at ease, and I thought, you know, it's it's not going to be easy. Um, But I thought... You know, you're talking about crowd and all that kind of stuff. I do think that's really that's something that I said um, at the at the pr- um, preview. Crowd is going to really, you know, how are other teams going to react to the crowd of England? Because when you go, even like, like Norway, but a lot of people, it's still 90% England. Even, you know, we're talking about some of the best fans. To, um, you know, even as they played like Sweden, brought a lot of fans. It's still, ninety percent England. You know, it's it's bit. It's a home tournament, isn't it? So every other seat, then probably you know, Netherlands bought two thousand. So you're in a thirty thousand stadium and twenty five thousand. The England fans, two thousand, it doesn't really make it. You know, you know what I mean. Obviously, away fans are important, but the insignificance sort of in these games. Whereas I felt felt like Sweden, it was very home. Um, for them up until that match and then obviously that was the that's the sort of swing um, I know, we're probably going to get into like how it went and everything like that and uh, but yeah, I didn't think it would be easy but it turned out being fairly comfortable I think Mary made a lot of good saves that probably what helped as well
0: Yeah, okay, so let's dive into the game itself and Unati, the first few minutes you know, Sweden were definitely probably had a slight upper hand they had a few chances there especially a lot with crosses from either flank and into the box they uh you know tried their best uh, oh, this is again something that we brought up in our semifinal in our quarterfinal roundup and that was talking about how Sweden while they're a really good team they kind of not ha- have they've not brought their their shooting boots to the tournament, they've sort sort of you know, uh struggled to score a lot against teams and especially against England an England side that has free has had like a free flowing uh you know number of goals being scored on uh from an offensive perspective. For them to have the upper hand a bit, you know, what what were your thoughts going into that game? Or um... during the game, sorry
2: you know like when the obviously before the game at least for me i thought that you know there was a good chance uh obviously we knew uh sweden wasn't like you know they were having a lot of difficulties during the tournament like you mentioned you know the quarterfinals and you know did not bring their shooting boots and obviously they were having a lot of problems because you would think that against belgium uh, you know they would have they would have probably scored a lot more but obviously they were missing chances not being very clinical and stuff so we knew that uh against England it would be difficult but was it impossible you know from ex- expecting it from a side that was uh you know at the Olympic final you know that's that's the expectation like because that was the most recent tournament for them you know the biggest tournament yeah. and you know coming from there you think okay you know if they've They've been there, you know, at the final and it ultimately ended up going to into penalties and then that's how they, you know, ended up coming second. You think that, OK, you know, maybe this would be the moment and the chance for them to, you know, show up and, you know, win the trophy at the end of the day. But so, you know, we knew that it would be difficult, uh, the game, but it wasn't impossible. However, when, you know, the game started, uh, obviously, initially, Sweden had the upper hand and everything. But it it makes you wonder, like, had they been clinical, which was a problem, uh, that had they been clinical and, you know, converted the chances that they had in the initial 10 minutes or so, you know, it, it could have been probably a very different game because obviously, I mean, that's at least according to what I feel that England looked a little frazzled in the beginning, at least in the first 10 minutes. And then they eventually grew into the game. So based out of that, I feel like had Sweden converted any of their chances in the first 10 minutes, it could have been a very different game. Because obviously, you know, the resilience like they showed against Spain would have come into play eventually. But still, it could have been a different game because it would have given Sweden themselves a bit more confidence. Is what I like to
0: And not to to mention that an early goal like that could have maybe riled up the... Not riled up the crowd, but could have silenced the crowd rather. Like, could have really shut the crowd up. And that... Then you test the defence. Obviously, this is all hypothetical. Or this is... Yeah. Because it really didn't happen. uh, What we got at the end of the day was... Obviously. But
2: but like, you know, like Nat mentioned, it's it's a home tournament for England. So, you know... Having, and I, this is personally what I think that, you know, they've drawn a lot of energy from the fans. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I know at the Spanish game, you know, in the quarterfinals, the fans were loud. So even, they've been loud at every single game, okay. But going one nil down and then, you know, the fans like was, I wouldn't say exactly silent. But, you know, they slowed down a little bit but then eventually they picked it back up and that's when you you know when you saw the entrance of Tuni and Alessia Russo and everyone coming in and then you eventually saw that the crowd picked it up again and that's how they ended up you know con- like taking over the game and then yeah. you know scoring the goals that they did so you know that would have had an impact so had Sweden scored obviously that would have you know changed the game a little bit obviously hypothetical yeah. but i feel like it would have changed the game a little bit
0: of course yeah no i completely agree with that uh, let's now fast forward all the way to the end of the game it's england for sweden nil this is something that we really i really didn't predict would happen um again something that we spoke about in our last roundup show that it, both semifinals would be tight fixtures that we wouldn't see at l- a more than plus 1 goal difference in either one and to see you know, a four-nil drubbing of what we decided would be eventual champions was was shocking to say the least. And Natalie, I want to know, you know, post that final whistle, what were your emotions going after that?
1: Uh-huh. Well, two M. Um, let's see had scored that goal, so I was just buzzing, buzzing for her. Uh That was yeah. like, well, everyone's like buzzing over it, but I'm just sort of like, does that every week? Not surprised. So I was yeah. just like, yeah, a bit like that. Um, but yeah, I was sort of like you, yeah, I'm shocked at Sweden. I mean, I know, I was watching the, the, the. I don't know if you guys get BBC commentary, but what Alex Scott was saying and what Jonas was saying about their keeper, Lin, Lindfeld, and Lindahl. And yeah, they weren't, yeah, Lindahl, they weren't slagging her off. And I know some people got all upset about it, but they were just sort of like, it's not good enough. And I feel like we need a lot more of that kind of analysis. I know people say, "Oh well, she's been there, she's done this." Da, da, da. Yeah, but at times, some of the positioning—they got the chip oh, yeah. just wasn't good enough. And you got to just say, "Yeah, maybe a role, She's good enough, or whatever." Okay, I don't care, but I just think that was a difference. You had Mary who was tipping him over the bar, oh. and you would heard it, it was. Just watching it flow in, not in a horrible way, but yeah, and 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 that is that's the difference in the game. And because I was shocked at and I expected a lot more. I expected them to be better. I think even like Blissett andius, yes, yeah, she didn't score, but she's sort of been in and out. This competition didn't start, came on, then had a look. Like I said about the Portugal game, had a spell, and then again anonymous, and I just thought. This is where you want someone to step up, and she didn't really, and that was it, you know. And I, yeah. and I, I don't, I'm not worried for them now, but I thought they should have won that gold. When we talk about that thing, I, I'm, I was like, that's the most stunned I've probably ever been after because they just tore that competition apart and then just ended up throwing it away. I could not believe it. Um, I don't know, maybe. And now this, it's just like, wow. Is it ever going to be for them, in a way? Not in a way. Like, they'll always be there. They'll always be semi-finals, finals. But it's like, it just sort of, I don't know. I mean, I'm not Swedish. I don't know what they've got coming through. But it sort of feels like shit. That was This was the moment, especially that gold medal game. I can't believe it. But they're always going to sort of be second, semi-final. They, you know, I just, I don't know. That's the feeling I got, like, Sweden. Yeah. I, that's
2: Yeah. I feel like yeah, it I went mean, wrong the, for them yeah. the second they released that how-to-beat campaign. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, but talking about the goalkeepers, that was the biggest sort of visually... I mean, the visual difference that you could see on the pitch. Like, it, the Swedish goalkeeper, the no, number of positioning errors or... I don't know. It, I don't know. Like you mentioned, it could just be that it wasn't her day. It was just, you know... She was caught off guard, or just was a bad day, and England ended up punishing her for all of it. I don't know how she's performed previously for me to compare. Just on that,
2: very good.
0: Yeah, just yeah, because on that day, it just felt like anything that would come to her, she would either fumble or she'd, you know, like, and I I, I don't know whether Russo's back heel really smashed her confidence for that Kirby goal because. You felt like that Kirby goal should have been saved easily. And I just don't know whether being nutmegged for the third goal like completely dashed it off a conference, like, okay, it's just not my day, might as well. And um, but we'll let's discuss that later on in our se- other segment. But uh let's move on to the next semifinal as well. That's Germany versus France. Again, two heavyweights in women's football. You know, Germany got a massive, massive history. Of winning the tournament, I think they're the most successful side to win in the yeah eight eight trophies, uh, eight Euros won, and France. Well, I mean they've had a decent group stage. They've had a decent quarter final as well, and going into the semi final, of course, I mean it, it was even Stevens. I think Germany still had the better uh, over favourites because of their you know they've been in. Pregnable, I guess that's that's the word, yeah. Or impenetrable. They've conceded any goals, and yeah. Unathi, talk us through that game. As in, what, what, what did you think of that match?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, in in the beginning, you know, when the game started, and I, I hope Nat agrees with me. It was slow okay because uh they would they were just passing it to each other and my dad was watching with me and uh, he was like you know this game is gonna put me to sleep because yeah. you know they were just they were just they were just passing uh the ball and you know there was it wasn't going further it stayed in defense most of the time or you know even at max in the midfield it wasn't going forward uh you know that was like the initial I'd say 10 15 minutes or even 20 for that matter from both sides you know so it was it was slow uh patient built up in in the beginning but then uh you know you you had this one chance uh for pop and you know she nailed it and then immediately that enraged pain uh, sorry enraged france so much uh that you know they ended up having a immediate answer for it and that's how you know the next goal came in so you know Going in, it 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 felt like you know it had such a slow start, and then you know the wavelength went up so quickly, and you know it it just changed the game completely all of a sudden. Then, so you know, obviously we know that both these teams are like such good teams, but obviously France was again missing, you know, Katoto because of an ACL injury, yeah. and it it makes me think that you know had she been there, uh, obviously you know France could have had better opportunities, better chances. You know, and maybe could have done something a lot more better. But at the same time, I feel like the second France bought Salma Basha on, oh boy. Yeah, the game the game completely changed and I feel like France started performing a lot better the second she came on, which was after halftime. So uh yeah, overall I, I think it was a really enjoyable game for me. Uh personally I know Nat is probably not gonna agree, but I feel like out of the out of both the semifinals i enjoyed Germany and France more because it it looked like you know like it wasn't a one-sided game anymore okay. you know it 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 was as like you know i'm i'm a neutral in that game basically yeah. so you know for, as a neutral for both games it it felt like this one was more enjoyable than the England sweet game
0: Fair enough. Natalie, uh, would you agree with that? And what are your thoughts on the game as well?
1: Yeah, no, I thought it was because for me, I watched it. I totally agree with uh, the assessment. It, it, It wasn't boring, but I just thought, oh my God, I'm expecting so much of these two teams. And like you said, it just started slow. And I thought, oh my God, this is not what I'm expecting. You know, I'm expecting something better. But in the minute... Pop just got that goal. I did not expect France to come back. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, like, this is a gate. Oh, I had to run. And because my dad's been watching a bit of it, I had to run and go and tell him, like, here's a goal. And we just sat and watched it. And then, like you said, I thought France was going to score, but you always knew Germany with, with with Pop. Always that chance. And then, I mean, the very first game I went to with France, I got there a bit late and I got there. Toto kicked the ball. Next minute, she's holding a knee. I thought, oh my God, no. <laughs> You know, and so um, I'm probably a jinx. But no, um, you know, uh, yes, it might have been different with her. And it is what it is. It is, you know, it's devastating, obviously, that she's not there. But it, it would have, you know, that's what it is coming down to, these clinical strikers. Um, because that game, no one was beating no one, you know. And it was just wonder goals at the start. And then, you know, Pop is just always oh, there, always oh, there. There's times where, you know... Wendy Ren- I mean that header, I I know we're gonna come on to like moments and stuff, but you know, yeah. yeah, for me, that's a moment, and that goes in it's different, you know what I'm saying, and we've not had a wendy uh goal even you know, she' not even she missed that penalty, and you know Wendy you can just tell she's just that oh uh, and it, it's sad that she's they've gone out because I, I have. A lot of respect for all their players, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think the better team did win that that semi there. So, I don't think Germany's the right team to go for.
0: Fair enough. All right, let's quickly now move on to our next segment. And for that, I will have to share my screen. Here we go. And change that. All right, great. So, as you can see, we've got... Um, a few awards to dish out two players in the semifinals um, and to the teams or whatever in the semifinals so let's start off with obviously the first semifinal England versus Sweden and we we'll talk about who the best player was for that particular game and Natalie let's start with you who do you think stood out amongst the 22 odd women Well,
1: I edge. mean, my bias will come out, I'm not going to lie uh, here now. And so, you know, I'm happy for everyone to put me back in my place, but it's going to come out. Mary Earps. I know, like, Leslie scored that goal, I know this and that, I know Kirby, this and that, Kay but for me, I just have to, you know, rep for my keeper. I can't not because I feel like, you know, we're just talking about it and they were talking about it at the end, and just, everyone, just the difference for me in that game was the keeper. And I feel like Mary kept England in. And then obviously, when we went 1-0, bang. Yeah, the forwards, that's what it's all about. So everyone wants to shout about. But for me, Sweden were all over them a bit until... Ding, and the one that saved, saved it was Mary. So, I'm going to say her. I understand if people want to say someone different. But that's just my opinion.
0: <laughs> no, I think she was one of the standout performers in the game. I think, like I mentioned... It was so like you could so clear that there was a difference in the two goalkeepers and Mary Ups the one thing that stood out was because Sweden's tactics was to bombard the penalty boss with a lot of crosses, you needed a keeper. Of course, you've got you know, uh, Millie Bright and all of these people who are fantastic aerially, but you needed a goalkeeper who was commanding enough to come and come out and Carry and uh, sorry, c- come out and collect the ball, right? Uh, in case the defenders couldn't, and I felt like she on most occasions was was pretty vocal, and she did. She was fearless, and she came out and she's like, "Okay, this area is now mine. No way you're gonna get through." And yeah, it was it was quite it was quite nice to see. And yeah, it was she had a brilliant, brilliant game, and especially to come up clutch it's such a vital moment it was crazy Unuti, your best player goes to
2: uh i'll have to agree with nat i know she's okay. like saying that you know she's her bias is coming out but uh no i think uh, i have to agree because i feel like in 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 the beginning uh you know when sweden had those few chances she made some really great saves like you know that yeah. that kept uh the team in the game so I uh, have to give it to her because you know it's 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 funny because you know some time back before Serena even took over, you know people didn't really believe in Mary ops and then you know she she came back and I think you know, the development that she's had is 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 just crazy because obviously we've seen her at United, you know, she's, she does really well and everything. So, you know, to come up and be England's first goalkeeper, like, you know, England's first, most preferred goalkeeper now, I, I, I think yeah. it's commendable. So, I think throughout this tournament, I feel like she's, she's really kept them in the game because, uh, yeah, my bias is going to come out a little bit because, you know... I think she made some really amazing saves against Spain. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was this one opportunity that Spain had. And, you know, towards... I think uh, it was Mariona's, uh, you know, shot. And, you know, she she saved that. So, yeah, I have to give it to Mario. She's She's been phenomenal this entire tournament for me.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, a few other... Sh- You know, honorable shout outs that I probably need to say because they put in a decent shift was what Kira Walsh was. I mean, insane the way she, uh, you know, handled the midfield and dictated play. Like, I know, yeah, I I think that the way she broke up and dictated play was pretty, pretty interesting to watch. And also, I think Beth Mead as well had quite a good game in terms of, you know, she was quite involved in the attacking uh, area or attacking front three uh, of england and yeah i think a lot of the move a lot of the service a lot of the play came up came about from with her as well yeah i
2: feel like these two players you know it's it's just you you don't even have to say it because they're yeah. just so good and I, I remember very well that you know last season uh, in like you know the 2020 season everyone was talking about how bad Beth was you know hating on her and a lot of those things that's my Arsenal bias like don't get me wrong yeah. uh, but you know I remember everyone talking a lot of you know crap about her but then Obviously, you know, she's she shut everyone up. Like everyone who's ever said something bad about her because her perform I feel she shut up uh Hagaris because she did not make it to the Olympic uh squad, which was a shame. Uh but I've obviously, you know, she ended up taking that opportunity to develop herself even more and then you know now she's she's come up to this level. And Kiara Walsh is like one of those silent uh footballer yeah. who you know is just yeah. on the pitch, does her work, like you know, nobody unless you like really notice what she's doing, that's when you know, like oh, you know, but she silently does her job and she does it so phenomenally well. That's yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm not sure where you okay. I guess we come back to that a little I'll save the question for a little while later. So let's move on to the best moment of the game. I think we probably don't have a consensus on this. I think again, it's not biased one. though.
1: It's yeah. not biased. This stuff, you know, it's not biased. I, People I mean, say I'm, I'm biased, and I don't care. Yeah. It's not bias. But yeah. what I will say about that moment is, I agree with her. She should have scored the first one. I was, I was, yeah. I was watching it, and I went, and I was sort of like, "Why have you not scored?" <laughs> still, even though the ball, I've got, I was still like, "No." No, I'm not gonna forget that. And to be fair to what she says, I was annoyed that I didn't score because I don't. I know that, that was easy. You should have, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I'm glad she scored, eventually. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I was still there, like, like uh, but she missed that. She missed it. What's going on?
0: <laughs> the the fun part. So I I watched the game again uh the next day the full game and like yeah like you mentioned like when she had that open space you're like you've got to score that. How are you not scoring that? And then after she m- misses that, and then she goes, I was like, okay, now this chance is lost, right? And then she scores. I'm like, no way, that is meant. And the slower they show the replay, the more impressed you get by how difficult it actually is. And oh my god, that if I mean that probably killed the game because 3-0, you're saying. Yeah, no way Sweden's coming back from this at this point of the t- of the game. Uh, Unuti, any more to add to that?
2: I mean, um, maybe Fran's goal because I feel like it was so important for her to get that yeah. goal, and yeah. I think that's possibly one of the only moments I can say in the game where I was just thoroughly happy that you know. England won the game because I feel like she she definitely deserved that goal even though we know that you know it could have been avoided but yeah I I think for for Fran Kirby to you know uh you know have have such an you know leave out the season like the way she did and then you know coming back into the squad and then scoring this goal I feel like it was really important for her so for 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 that Itself, I would say her moment, but yeah, I I, I don't think anybody can top that uh, Alessia Russo filthy goal at all. Yes.
0: It's it's probably in contention, or if I can't remember any better goals being scored. Obviously, there have been some really good goals been scored in the tournament, but, but this is just audacious to the extreme, and for that to happen, it's it's crazy. Let's talk wild now. Something that we probably haven't mentioned throughout and what would you mention it can be positive it can be negative uniti
2: um I think okay so I feel like uh you know not per se just the game I would say uh because this was spoken of in the in the quarterfinals when uh Yonasidwall spoke about uh Fridolina Rolf's performance and said that she needs to be better and stuff like that. I feel like in you know she she's performed really well defensively, you know for someone who's who's a winger and you know obviously she plays left back at Barcelona, but I feel like she she she's done really well for what most people don't understand, I feel because she, her defensive duties were really good like you know she she covered decent amount of balls, recovered a few of them, and you know did the best that she could and she's fast as well and I feel like she obviously did also perform. Uh, in this game, you know, with the crosses and everything. I feel like, obviously, you just didn't have that, that finishing touch. Uh, but I think she's she's been really good in the, you know, in the way that she's played, I feel. And I think some okay. of the, you know, uh, criticism that she's been receiving uh, sort of is a little uncalled for, maybe.
0: Okay. Uh, Natalie? Um, I don't know. It's a hard one.
1: Um, I don't know if my stream's doing all right. It's saying I'm having issues.
0: Yeah, cool. it's a little bit choppy, but it's okay. I I think we can still hear you. Oh, okay. Um. Let Let me put this to you then. Am I on? Ingr- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, and that is, England better with Ellen White as the soulstra. Oh, she's popped off. Okay. Try and have her back I know what's you your know. question, and uh, yeah.
2: yeah, I I have a very good answer
0: for that. Okay, I'll, okay. Why, why don't you obviously answer it? Of course, you know the question. So England. Okay, wait. Oh wait, Nat's here. So let's try and get her on. Hi, hi, Nat. Can you hear me? Hi. Uh, yes. Yeah,
1: sorry, my, my stream. Yeah, no, that's
0: fine. Off. So I was gonna ask you a question. England better with oh no that's again that's weird oh there we go yeah okay awesome uh so england better with ellen white or you know having russo or someone what what is your take on that
1: yeah well you know bias is my take yeah Um, i mean it's not biased
2: really if it's the truth I, (laughs) i don't think so yeah
1: I see why they do it. Like, for example, you just talked about Fran Kirby. I yes. would have had Toonie starting for me. I think she mm. she breaks her lines better than anyone I've sort of seen. Um, I would have had her playing. But I can see now Fran Kirby's starting during the, the, the space of this tournament, and I feel like now Oh,
0: no, that's back. One minute. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Hello, um, you okay uh, Unity, do you want to continue or... okay uh, or yeah. answer your part of question?
2: i mean i feel like i understand why serena is is currently like you know still continually starting ellen white because you know yeah. obviously Russo makes a better impact when she comes on onto the pitch and you know it's it's kind of like uh, you know i've i've been saying this for a while uh, amongst my friends and been calling England the second-half FC for a reason. Hi, I think okay. it's back.
1: Yeah, okay. awesome, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I was just saying, with Russo,
1: I don't feel... It sounds really horrible. Maybe she's wearing the defenders down, Ellen White, but I just don't feel like... She, I don't know, it's hard. I don't feel like she offers much, as mm-hmm. much, as Alessia. Whereas yeah. now I am seeing <laughs> Kirby step up. Kind of in comparison to Tune. Yeah, it's something
0: that I saw like in the Sweden game. It's something that was quite evident on the pitch that it felt like she was struggling a bit to either link up with Fran or Beth Mead or, or every, every ball that, you know, or every chance Beth Mead would have, it would be to find Ellen White. And it made it easier for the Swedish defenders like Magda and everyone to mark her. Is what I'm saying. Like, there was no fluidity. It just felt like, yeah, you've got your striker, your main target, target woman. I was going to say target man, but target woman up there. And you know who who your wingers or your other second strikers are going to, you know, target or trying to link up with. And you block that channel, you're kind of guaranteeing that you prevent them from scoring or you prevent a goal from being conceded. So I just felt I just wanted to ask you that because it kind of was very evident against Sweden that they knew if I block Ellen White's channel, then at least Ellen White's not scoring, and then you know the rest we can take care of because they will try and keep trying uh, trying to supply to Ellen. Um, Unuti? Yeah.
2: um Right on you. I feel uh, no. I I honestly. I agree with what you said. I also feel like, you know, Ellen has not been as clinical as, you know, she has been, you know, in the past. And I feel like, obviously, I understand where Serena is coming from, like I mentioned just some time back, how I feel uh, Russo makes a better impact. So, you know, they they perform better in, in the second half. Like, you know, I call them second half FC for, for a while now. Uh, but uh, obviously, you know, I still feel that even though I understand where Serena is coming from, I still feel that Russo could, you know, start and make a better, much better impact from the very beginning. But obviously, I understand Sarina's tactics as well. But, you know, it still like kind of puts me off about the fact that, you know, she started the same lineup all the games. Mm. So, it, it does put me off a little bit because I feel like we... We're in a tournament, okay? And it's a very, it's a, yeah. a short-burst tournament. And I feel like the players don't get as much, uh, you know, okay. rest as they could possibly get. Obviously, we do make a lot of, you know, substitutions and everything. But, you know, the core of what Serena has been playing, even in terms of substitutions, have been same. Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of, you know, makes you wonder at times, like... Right now, you know, since, you know, she's fresh, you know, come into the, uh, uh, you know, she's just taken over and everything. But eventually, maybe, like, not per se in this tournament, but eventually, maybe not this year, maybe next year or something like that. You know, there's there's a good chance that, you know, it might become predictable. You know, it yes. it, it it just puts me, it makes me think that way. because. No, I it. I, I can, yeah. Because this I, is something like, you know, if you, yeah, no, it's, it's something I feel because, uh, you know, given her experience with the Netherlands, I'm not saying she's a bad coach or anything, because I feel what she's done with this English team is just, uh, it's incredible because obviously they had the talent, but they just needed the right person to coach them, uh, you know, and take them in the proper direction. She's done that for them, but you know. Kind of coming from, you know, taking experience and taking a bit of knowledge from what she's done with the Netherlands. I feel like she tends to hold on to certain players. And, you know, even when she relies on certain players, even when she knows that there are better options available. Because, you know, she's she's done the same with the Netherlands. And the thing was, she left the Netherlands in a position where you can't exactly say that they were, you know, doing good. Better off. yeah. Yeah. So... I mean,
0: that's what I think. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing Nat's still trying to get back on here. But let's move on to the second semi-final. And that's Germany versus France. So, let's talk the best player in this game. And I think, again, we should probably have a consensus on here as to who it probably could be. But although, you know, sometimes there is a left field player. Unati, carry on. Who do you think?
2: I mean, see, I, you know typically i would you know say alex pop should be the one to take the best player but i feel like lena overdorf is so good mm-hmm. at what she does yeah. in the in you know the midfield as a defensive midfield uh, midfielder you know i i feel like she is one of the best in the world you know like we 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 constantly talk about how kara uh, walsh is someone who you know silently does you know everything in the background and you know you just don't have to you know worry about it i feel like obudov does it equally as can you hear me can you hear me i can
0: i can't hear you is there something wrong oh wait no wait it should be fine now can you just speak
2: uh yeah can you hear me
0: yeah 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 i think my uh headphone connected to my phone for some stupid reason go on
2: yeah uh, no so that I was like I was saying you know uh we constantly talk about how Kiara Walsh you know just uh, does everything in the midfield you don't have to worry about it you know she's silent and does her job I think overdorf also does that so much well you know Uh in a way I feel like she's one of the best in the world you know one of the best number sixes in the world and you know the fact that she is really young you know very very young so i I feel like the German squad having so many youngsters, giving them the opportunity to play, and then over the put, putting a performance up like this, you know, uh, yeah. you know, in this tournament, and you know the fact that she does that for Wolfsburg as well. I I feel like you know she's uh, I I have to give the best player to her, even though I I do want Pop to take it off because both of them, I feel like I, both of them were really good.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, uh, we in our previous roundup we did say Overdorf was the best player. I think we did have her up there. I think it was Yashodan who mentioned it as well. So I mean, it goes. It's no surprise that she is once again over here. So for now, I put that up here, and uh, I'll put her I have, up here, and we'll see.
2: I have to like you know mention this as well. Like obviously for me, uh, you know. Pop was also role... Like, you know, she was up there, okay? She she was really up there. But I feel like uh, you have to mention Obadov because she's, like, an, another one of those silent players that doesn't get mentioned as often enough.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, Nat, we were just talking about the best player from Germany and France. So, Unuti's gone for Lena Obadov. And who would you go for?
1: Yes, yeah, no, well... The same, but I was going to say Pop, um, just because the goals in it, the goals, the goals are beautiful, but yeah, Oberdorf, of course, but goals, I'll I'll
0: give, I'll give them both because I feel like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'll give them both a, uh, let me try and get a picture of both, so let's, let's give both the best players award, so let them combine it. Uh we we talking about the best moment in the game and of course you mentioned one of those moments with I think was it uh Wendy's header? Uh so go ahead who yeah. which would you, yeah yeah so it's, um, that your best moment f-
1: No, not for me. I think the first I think the the end of the first half where the goals were scored just within minutes of each of us so Pop came through, scored the goal, but then Diani's De- 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 goal, I think that was spectacular as well. You know, I just think that was a moment because that was like, get them in the, the men's game a lot. I think it was a moment just to say, like, this is a f- you know, these are two elite teams and when you go, I go kind of moment. And I just think that that sort of shows the level of women's football
2: in, in that, those few minutes.
0: Okay. Awesome. Uh, Unity
2: I absolutely have to agree with that because uh, you know that was the moment before the second, uh, you know, before just before halftime that you know the game entirely changed. It just picked up momentum so quickly. Uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely incredible. So I definitely have to have to say that uh, I agree with that.
0: Okay. Uh, now I don't know what picture to put up there. Is it, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, you're back. <laughs> Great. Um, awesome. So, let's let's talk about the wild card now, Nat. You know, a, a moment that we haven't spoken about in the Germany-France game, something that stood out to you?
1: I thought Oberdorf just, I suppose, dominating. Like, I know what Natty is saying about her being, like, the best player. But I think her dominating. And I think Wendy, you know, I just... For me, actually, a moment is is Wendy just pushing pushing a player kind of and um, just being like, "Yeah, you gotta be stronger." Um, but uh, to get just great players being on show, that's that's it, and it's sort of lived up to the bill. So that's what I'd probably say. Okay. Wild cardish, but yeah, a wild card. Ah,
2: <laughs> no,
0: fair enough. And Unati?
2: I think, you know, this will jog Nat's memory and she's going to agree with me after this. Uh, the wild card moment for me was that stare down between Sweeney Huth and uh, Eve Perise. It was so good.
0: When was that? Nadir,
2: uh, it was late into the second half and, uh, you know, okay. the ball went out of play. And obviously, they kind of both clashed with each other, you know, uh, and... Uh, Parasaj just got up and you know she stared Swenyahoot in the eye like that and you know they were just they just had a stared out it was absolutely hilarious I I do have a photo. Uh, and oh, you do. I I do. Uh, it it okay. was so amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't wow. know if you can. Okay. Let me crank up my brightness if you can. Yeah. If you can. I it. think I remember the moment. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you see it?
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: It was okay. so. It was so good. You know, it, I. I think that's one of the best wildcard moments for me. Like, yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean that definitely is a wildcard moment because I don't think we would have ever otherwise mentioned it on here. So great. Let's try and get this done as much as we can. Awesome. All right. So that's what our or that's who our awards go go to. So for those who can wa who can see this. Let's now talk about the all-important final. It's Germany versus England, or England versus Germany. Naturally, this is a battle between. I mean, forget about sport. This is. I mean, this rivalry transcends sports, transcends politics. It's it's the it's like an old rivalry that's been. There for ages. Whether, even in the men's game, you can see an England-Germany game, you know, the tensions run wild. Like, you know, the fans, it means so much more. A victory for either side means so much more. It's, it's just kind of one-up. It's not even one-up. It's, you know, four or five times up your rival if you actually beat them. And going into this game, Natalie, how are you feeling? How confident are you? What are your thoughts? about this all-important final
1: I think just by watching the French game I do think England are gonna win um I know Sweden had their chances but I just think France did get in behind a lot a lot um like even when you look at that Diani goal the way she does turn cut inside bang um I think hemp might get get a goal for this one I don't think it's gonna be a four 0 but who who knows yeah it might be. I think Pop will get some goals. Uh, Beth Mead, Hemp. But I just think that obviously Pop is scoring a lot for the Germans and they have scored you know, in the first game but I think German games have been like one you know, 2-0. You know, very low scoring games other than that, like I said, that Denmark game. Whereas England 8-0, this 4-0, that, da, 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 So I just think even if Germany get two or, or, or three, I just think England will get five. You know, I just see it being yeah. not in our way. And then, yeah, and then obviously my clutch, my clutch girls, I think they should be starting the World Cup, to be honest. I think, yeah, right now she's playing the same team. But for me, my, my girls, uh, Toonie and Leslie Russo, I said, I came on last time, I said, that's going to be the song of the summer, didn't yeah. I? And it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Toonie's singing it. On, yeah. on the on the Twitter live or whatever it was, um, that's going to be the song of the summer, and it is. And when England play, and you can hear it, and you see the players actually singing it now, so that's the f- sound of the tournament. And I think they'll come up coach like they, they like they have been doing.
0: I'm glad we didn't have uh, Atanu and Yashodan on here because they would have just said Germany just to anting England's chances at uh, at this game, but like like Natalie mentioned the difference now against uh the difference again uh the difference with Germany and or the difference between Germany and Sweden is that Germany have now got a striker like pop or someone who can who's clinical you know like Sweden's had their chances of the against England in the first 10 15 minutes they didn't take it someone like pop could easily take it and then we like you mentioned, then the game gets really, really interesting. Then we get to see what England's all about. And they've got, pl- like Nats mentioned, England's got plenty of firepower. Any of the top five, six that you mentioned uh, in England, uh, in England's offensive line can score goals. It, or even like a Stanway can score an insane, you know, I don't know, whatever, golasso, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, a banger of a goal, that's what I wanted to call it. And so, you know, you've got these players. So, how do you think this all shapes up to be? Because Germany haven't, con- apart from obviously the own goal or Dianis chance in France, they haven't conceded throughout the entire tournament, which is crazy. And I just want to know your thoughts on that.
2: I mean, you mentioned firepower that uh, England has. Let me mention yeah. this. Um, I hope, I really hope, uh, obviously we haven't heard anything, but maybe it might not happen. Uh, yeah. but you know, they have someone like Clara Bull, who's obviously out because of COVID right now. Yeah. I don't know what are her chances to come back. Uh, but if like, you know, obviously she's going to be a, a miss if she doesn't come back. Uh, if, either which way they won't be playing her immediately, just... As she's out of COVID, but you still have Tabiya smooth. you still have uh, you know, Shula, and you know, this is like just the attacking power, but then you still have someone like Lena Magul, Linda Dalman, you know, all these players who, who play in the mid who it, it, it's it's gonna be a very close call, according to me, because both these teams have equal amount of firepower. If you I yeah. mean that's what I, I think about it, uh because Obviously, England have uh, you know scored more goals, uh, and I feel like that basically you know had everyone think, okay, you know if they could do it, and then you know obviously this could turn out to be another game like this. But I feel like it's going to be a very close call, like it was with Spain, and yeah, I'm going to be salty about that game again. Uh, but no, uh, I I feel like Germany really does have enough firepower and enough squad depth. And I think uh, after the quarterfinals, uh, you know, the, the game against Spain, I feel like this could be one of England's uh, most important tests in this tournament. Uh, because simply because you know, uh, they've just not met a team that has equally as much depth as they do. Because it's it's like you know, even yeah. if you take almost the entire England team out. Like, you know, starting 11 out and, you know, you can just replace them with another 11 players. You know, obviously that doesn't happen. But, you know, you can just bring players on fresh legs, but just equally as uh, powerful and impactful in the game. Germany was perhaps one of the only teams who do have, you know, the same kind of a squad where, you know, you can just have players coming in, being subbed in and then, you know, having fresh impact. Uh, in 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 the game, so I feel like uh, the the final is so uh, it's going to be really nice and really exciting because it's it's basically two of the best teams in the tournament with great squad depth and you know it it just makes you wonder okay you know if one's <laughs> one's gone off the pitch you know the other one's going to come in and then what is this player going to bring to the table now yeah, so yeah. I feel like it it it's going to be a close call.
0: I mean, one thing's for certain is that the crowd will be 99% English. I don't think... I mean, I I think... Was it with you and Radha that we mentioned that the Germans didn't have too much of a contingency in terms of fans in the yes. tournament? So, we're going to definitely see, uh, you know, just pure white all over the... And I mean pure white, I mean by the jerseys, people. Let's not... I'm not being racist here. I'm just saying pure white... I mean, all Germany also has
2: a white jersey, so. yeah, mm, yeah. You won't even know. No, I do feel that, uh, you know, if Germany is able to, in a way, mute out that crowd, and yeah. you know, because I feel be like, the, yeah, because I do feel like that the crowd is going to have a huge impact on yeah. this game,
0: exactly. I mean for England to win the trophy bring it bring it home finally it would it would mean a hell lot and I, I mean I just before we end this I, I, this was our prediction at the start of the tournament we until the semi-finals we actually had a 75% hit rate which is great obviously I'm not saying that we had England didn't play France they played Sweden but the number of teams that made it to the semi-finals we had a 75% hit rate it's fallen to 50% obviously in the semi-finals didn't make it but England did and it's going to fall to a 0% because Sweden aren't even going to be champions so it's going to fall to 0% for the champions so that's how well our predictions have gone but yeah I I can't wait for the final Uh, you know it's going to be an exciting match like you mentioned it's probably the two best teams in the tournament so far from whatever we've watched so far. Uh, Germany, have, Germany have been crazy, crazy, efficient, crazy, uh, defensively rock solid. England have been you know all guns blazing and extremely entertaining to watch despite their matches being predominantly one-sided, it's been really like entertaining to watch those goals even go in, uh, none more so than against Sweden. And yeah, I I can't wait to kind of watch and see what happens and see who picks up that that I I can't believe I'm saying it again, but it is such a beautiful trophy. I really really like that trophy. It it looks so good, um. And I yeah, it's so much better than the men's ones. And yeah, it really is. Could be one of the most coveted prizes ever. Uh, but I, until then, I guess. Um, thank you, Uniti and Natalie, for coming on here and giving your thoughts on both of the semifinals. It was a pleasure having you on here um, and talking to both of you, getting your opinions and getting your thoughts. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to host you back on the podcast. Um, I'm not sure whether if we'll have time to do a review, a full tournament review. Maybe if we do, then great, we'll have you on that. But apart from that, I mean, I'm glad we could have you on every step of the way. Throughout this tournament. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy the final as as much as I do.
2: Thanks, Thanks for
0: sir. having us, Brady. Awesome. All right. Thank you to those of you who've been watching us live and to those of you who are watching us after the recording. Uh, please do let us know your thoughts on the semifinal down in the comment section. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and check out our previous episodes. On any social, or on any of the podcast platforms, or on YouTube as well, give the YouTube channel a follow, and I'll catch you all on the next episode, which will probably be after the finals. So, I guess that's about it for episode number three or four of the Women's Euro 2020 tournament edition of the FFS podcast. I'm your host Praddy once again. You stay safe, and see you.